Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood and to normalize its challenges. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Shannon and Megan. Welcome back to season two of the Wicked Good Momcast. Season two of the podcast will be intentionally shorter than season one. In 2023, our seasons will each have a theme that the episodes all revolve around. This season, all the Wicked Good Momcast episodes are focused on pregnancy or Wicked Good Pregnancy. To kick off our Wicked Good Pregnancy series, we are talking to Boston Moms writer and certified local doula, Deshauna Hanlon. Deshauna owns and operates Caring for Mamas, which provides services to families throughout pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. Her mission is to empower families to advocate for themselves, understand the birthing process, and create the postpartum life of their dreams. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are so happy to have you. Deshauna is a Boston Moms team member and a wealth of knowledge. We're just so happy to have her here on episode one of season two of the Wicked Good Mom cast. Deshauna, first talk to us a little bit about the why behind what made you start caring for mamas. Right. So um, like a lot of doulas, I became a parent first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I have what I call as a doula, a really um, standard induction with my first. I went in on a Tuesday. I gave birth on a Thursday. I had no idea about all the things that would happen in between. And I left that experience like, you know, obviously changed, right? I became a mom. Um, It was really big for my family. But I also left that experience thinking, wow, we should really tell people a little bit more about birth. Mm -hmm. I really loved my doctor and all those kinds of things, but I just didn't get enough information. And I found out about doulas after from a colleague, actually. Um, when I went back to work and I was like, maybe that's something I want to do. I started to explore it. I met a couple of other doulas um, and then I decided to get certified and become a doula myself. That's awesome. I'm actually very similar. I did not know exactly what a doula was until after I had my kids, which is yeah, very same, helpful. Same with me. Yeah. Most yeah. people don't. Right. That's to our disadvantage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honest, honestly, I didn't really know what a doula was until I met you, Deshana. Like, for, for real. I knew they existed. I think for me, I didn't know that it was something um, that any mom would take advantage of. So I'm really looking forward yes. to diving into that a little bit more here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely, um, I have clients from all different kinds of backgrounds and income statuses. It's just something. It really is important to have a little bit of handholding, emotional and informational support. And it's nice to have someone else in the room who knows your family a little bit better than Mm -hmm. the other people in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you offer so many services to potential clients. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, out of all your services, which do (laughs) you provide the most? Um, I probably do provide birth doula services the most, yeah. that and childbirth education. Those are kind of becoming like neck and neck. Most of my birth clients either take my class, which I love, um, but they do, you know, have to take a childbirth education class. Um, that helps everybody have a well-rounded sense of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love being a birth doula. 
Now, with that, you sort of mentioned having to take a course on it, but what are some common misconceptions you've encountered with the use of a doula in childbirth? So Shannon and I, you know, we've laid it out all on the table. We didn't even really know this was a service that would have been available yes. to us had we, or that we could have sought out. Um, so what are some of those misconceptions you hear about doulas? Yeah, I often hear that um, doulas don't want you to have an epidural or any kind of pain medication. Um, we all want you to have a home birth. Um, and that's those things aren't true. I mean, mm-hmm. 98% of people give birth in a hospital. That's where doulas should mm-hmm. be. Um, yeah. So it's not just about home birth. Um, I have clients get an epidural the minute they walk in the hospital door. I love them just the same. We have <laughs> they have beautiful births just the same. Um, and that's that's totally great. But sometimes people do want a lot more physical comfort and things like that. That's just not every single birth. So what people I think gather from YouTube and um like mostly home birth videos is like, oh, there's somebody, you know, always there and they're like kind of in your face. And that's not always the relationship between a doula and a client. Yeah, that's very interesting. Well, and I'm curious, what do you teach your clients in the childbirth education class? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I teach is induction Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's not taught in the hospital and a lot of people get induced. 30 to 40 percent of labors are induced um, because of either being like overdue or, you know, some kind of risk comes up that needs induction. And I think it's really important that we're prepared for that. There's so many things that can come up. There are so many different methods of induction. Um, I, I also teach C-sections, which the hospital teaches in in some form, but they don't you know, go into detail about how you're going to be separated from your partner for like 20 minutes and what you should be doing in that kind of time or how to prepare for a birth of that nature when you were preparing for a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's so interesting to me. So I was induced three times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what's really surprising, what was really surprising to me is I felt like I did have a general handle just from like uh, conversations with other moms as to what was going to happen. Uh, yes. My husband and I had taken a, a standard hospital childbirth class before our first. They mentioned nothing about induction. And he had no idea. Mm-hmm. And honestly, right. even after, so even my third baby, which was my hardest, longest induction, uh, the most, the, the most difficult for sure. Right. I felt like he really could have benefited from some more education as to what, what could happen, what kinds of things could be offered to me, how yes. we'll make that decision as a family. So leads me into my next question. Um, how yeah. I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you involve the birth partner. If a mom has a birth yes. partner. Um, yes. in the process with the expectant mom. Yeah, absolutely. I tell people all the time, doulas don't replace partners. That mm-hmm. is, it's, they can't. Um, somebody yeah. who knows you so well, who helped you create this little life, um, they're going to be, you know, a really important part of the day. My job mm-hmm. is to empower them to feel like they can support you in any way that you need, right? Mm-hmm. There are partners who are squeamish and okay, they don't want to cut the cord and they don't, you know. So we talk about other ways of comfort, like, okay, are there affirmations that she wants repeated? Can you get, you know, cold cloths when she needs them? I mean, obviously, you might not know the, the moment. So that's what yeah. your doula is there for, right? Positions that you guys can be trying at home before you go into labor, induction or not, right? Because you are preparing your body to give birth no matter what. 
That's Mm -hmm. to another. We always go over a birth plan so that everyone is informed about what you want, even your partner, so that they can help advocate for you or say, oh, no, we wanted skin to skin immediately or we wanted delayed cord clamping. They feel empowered by those things when they have a doula and a plan to say, hey, this is what my partner wanted and this is what we're going to do today. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think something that is sort of uh, like I, I personally underestimated was my was that I would be unable to speak for myself. Right. Even right. even before things got hard, I was unable to sort of reaffirm what I wanted. Um, yes. So I think I can only imagine that having a doula in the room really helps with that kind of thing that you've already made these wishes very clear. Now your partner knows, now your doula knows. I think that's fabulous. You're involving the partners in that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so it's so important that they feel like it's their day too. Their baby's yeah. also yes. being born. Yeah. Yep. I love that. <laughs> well, and so birth plans. Mm-hmm. I will say yeah. I had a birth plan for each of my children. And it did help when you were saying that that kind of gave me some peace. It did help that my yeah. partner and I were on the same page. So we both yes. we both knew what was going on, but yeah. but <laughs> when Plans we change. got to the hospital. <laughs> That birth plan was kind of thrown out the window. It was kind of ridiculed, if I'm being completely honest, especially mm. with my first. It was like, oh, you have a birth plan. Oh, okay. And it was yeah, cute. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's such a shame. Not taken seriously. Um, and I ended up having like, that's a different story. But to, uh, to me, kind of traumatizing births. They yeah. were not what I was expecting or planning. So for Absolutely. you as a doula. Um, yeah. Do birth plans actually work? And how do you (laughs) help parents execute their birth plan wishes? Does having a doula present to advocate for your birth plan make a difference? So yes to all of those. Okay. Right. (laughs) So I also, I was induced twice. Um, (laughs) You know, my first labor, I was just overdue. My second labor became high risk. So I, I needed to be induced, right? That piece for me was the most like, I was a doula already. I had plans to go into labor on my own and labor without medication and do all these things that were then immediately changed by the fact that I needed to go into labor Mm -hmm. sooner than labor later. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that part, that part will always be part of my story. It will Mm -hmm. always be part of the birth. And so of course there's trauma there. Of course that's, that's hard to get over. Right. Um, However, our plan to like meet our baby that day, that was the plan, right? Like that's always the ultimate plan. So to the point of birth plans, the birth plans I create with with people go from induction, like, do you want to be induced or do you need to be induced, right? Natural methods of induction all the way through C-section. We talk about, do you like, are you okay with having a C-section over having an assisted birth? Because Mm -hmm. vacuums and forceps still exist. They do still get used, right? But some people don't even want to chant. They're like, when it comes to that point, I'd rather have a C-section, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Or some people are like, no, I won't pull out all the stops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, that's the last option for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so that those kinds of op- are things that they're really important to know, even though they can be really in the nitty gritty of birth, right? Yeah. We don't always want to talk about assisted deliveries or mm-hmm. how those become C-sections sometimes, or sometimes they don't, right? Yeah. Um, and so having a plan really helps you kind of feel like and I'm informed about mm-hmm. the process that I'm going through. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be separated from my partner. I've made my wishes clear. I think it's really important that when you create a birth plan, 
you bring it to your OB during an appointment Mm -hmm. so that everyone is on the same page. They go, they read over it and go, great. I love that you want to do this. Who's coming to the birth? That's important to know, right? Um, What kinds of things you want to have happen in the room? Because you can find out, oh, this really isn't the OB for me, or this Mm. isn't the midwife for me because they don't love this plan. And, And not that I'm so tied to it that like, I don't, think anything else could happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But I want us all to be on the same page that this is what I want. When it sounds Um, like your birth plan already included more than mine did. Mine was kind of my ideal. (laughs) This is what I want to happen. And then it didn't twice. Um, So let me ask you this too. Do you sit down with your couples and write that birth plan with them? Or is that something that they do on their own and then bring to you for advice? How does that work? Yeah, I sit down with them and write it, right? We talk about the first things we talk about are, how are you feeling about labor? Mm -hmm. Do you have any big fears? Does your partner have any big fears? Let's get information around that so that it's not a fear in three to six months from now, right? When you're you're giving birth. And then anything that comes up in the room, we deal with in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be able to push the baby out? Yes, right? Mm -hmm. Is this going to happen? Okay, let's, let's get over that in the room. But there are big things that you can address by just having a few conversations about what you expect from your team. Yeah, I feel like knowledge is power too. Like I can only imagine, like, I mean, for me, my births, they all were were similar. They escalated as such. But by the third time, I I actually was less afraid because I was like, oh, well, this is what happens next. Like, you know, yes. it's not knowledge is power. So I think if you're prepping that ahead of time and doing it in a really caring and thoughtful manner so that you are considering all of the options of what you might let, you know, it's like choose your own, choose your own adventure kind of, you know, like, yes, if this exactly. happens, we go here. Um, <laughs> right. I love that. And I also right. love the idea of having somebody like you in the room to make sure that those, you yes. know, if X, X happens, yes. Y happens right. next. It is helpful. I, and in, in the room, that's when like the navigation of the plan, that's yes. when mm-hmm. you get somebody to steer the ship back onto the, <laughs> the direction that you wanted it to go. Right. Or that yeah. you say, OK, well, our destination now is C, but yeah. like here is how we're going to actually get there. That's yeah. important for people who created plans, people who are type A, people who are anxious, people who are stepping into motherhood for the first time ever. <laughs> you know, all of us. Like, yeah. yeah, it really is important for you to have some more direction. And it's nice to be the person to do that because I've seen these couples before. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. their values. I know what's really important to them. We might've talked about previous losses or their future goals for their family already. And all of that is in my mind when I'm in the room Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. I think that's fabulous. Now, speaking of being in the room though, I'm wondering if you could share with us candidly how doctors typically respond to having you there in the hospital for delivery? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely depends. Um, yeah. I feel really lucky to have really positive experiences mm-hmm. because I tell everyone I'm on your team, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a part of your birth team. I'm a part of your care team. And your doctor should also know that. I'm yeah. on the birth plan too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You're do- whoever's going to be there, it should be known. Um, I tell all my clients, I'm coming to a birthday party. I expect people to be just as happy to see me as I am to see them when I get to yeah. the birthday party, right? Yeah. Um, and and you should be saying, okay, well, my doula is coming, right? Like there, I don't want it. It shouldn't be a surprise mm-hmm. that you have extra support. 
And again, the people who are, you know, your main birth team members, your doctor or OB should also be on board with that. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't, then that's a consider something to consider. Like, why aren't you on, you know, excited about having a doula in the room? What what concerns you about having an and me having an extra advocate? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it becoming more common for couples to have a doula in the room? Yeah, it's becoming much more common for couples to have a doula in the room. Um, Even from the pandemic, people were doing virtual doula support because Mm -hmm. they couldn't Mm -hmm. have someone in the room and they knew that things were much tighter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It was only them and a partner and they might have needed some more direction, but virtually because someone couldn't physically be there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's, it really is important to have everyone on the same page about what your needs are. Your doctor and your midwife, they are going to answer every little question. I tell people, I want to be that stop between you and the Google rabbit hole. Yes. (laughs) That's such a thing, right? It is. Um, You need that. You need somebody to do that, right? And that's what doulas do. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, as you've been speaking, so obviously we know Deshauna personally, we know how fabulous she is. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking in like sort of reflecting on my experience, I don't know, Shannon, if you had a similar experience, but I was allowed to have two support people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine, so like, I'm r- really grateful. My second support person was my mom. She was not mm, the yeah. best coach. <laughs> yeah. And so- <laughs> You know, like, I don't, I don't regret that at all as an experience. I'm glad that I had, but at the same time, I almost, I almost wonder if I had flexed my muscles a little bit and been like, I need my husband to my partner to be there with me, but then I need a coach Mm -hmm. and you can be there at the hospital, but you can only be there if you can be my coach. Otherwise I'm hiring Deshauna. So I kind of, I kind of think it's like a a way to empower moms to, to make that choice for themselves or who are, who is going to be that support for you and understanding, you know, you need it. Um, is your partner at hopefully, um, if if you want another person in the room is another family member, if not, uh, then definitely a doula is a great option. I think it's fabulous. The reflection that I'm having here. I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's not just you. We, I think we've all done it. Like, oh, that's something. I mean, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, oh, that's, I could have used that. Like I I personally could have used. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think what stands out to me especially the first time you're doing this, you have in your head what you think it's going to be like. You've read the books, you've gone to the classes, yeah. you've talked to your friends. Nothing can prepare you. Nothing can no. prepare yeah. you. No. But no. if you have a doula in the room who's done this dozens, yes. hundreds of times, that is someone that you yeah. can lean on who has done it before. And so even if something is taking right. you completely off guard, which like totally. Um, it does. Yes. <laughs> it, it, uh, if birth catches us all off guard, yeah, always. yeah, that's just the nature of it. Um, but yeah, I love being able to help people really in that moment. Now, I was mm-hmm. just talking to a previous client about navigating her first labor, and you know that you build so much trust at at the end of her labor. I I also recommended that we like cut her epidural off, and that she continue to push. And she, you know, she was like, "Yeah, I thought you had twelve heads," and then. <laughs> the baby came. And yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it was beautiful and amazing. And after two days, we were all in tears and like, yeah. so thrilled. Um, but it takes a lot to get to that moment with a person for you to have yeah. build that yeah. kind of relationship where they go, 
I'm listening to her. I mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I'm going to try what she said, yeah. you know? Yeah. I love that. So we've taken the childbirth class. You've gotten us through our labor. What can yeah. parents expect from you as far as postpartum support and care? Yeah. So postpartum is forever, first mm-hmm. and foremost. <laughs> Um, but in the beginning of postpartum, most doulas support families through the first 12 weeks, um, at least. Right. I mean, I have relationships that, of course, you know, they still ask questions six months, a year down the line. I love that. Um, but for the most part, people are really trying to get that information and support under the, their belt for the first, you know, 10 to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Lots of breastfeeding support, mm-hmm. emotional support. Again, the Google rabbit hole. How do I swaddle my baby in a way that keeps them swaddled? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, there are a million different techniques, right? So all those kinds of things and just an ear, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes things are going swimmingly. Breastfeeding might be like the, you might've had a C-section, but your breastfeeding is fantastic and your partner is amazing. And you have parents who can come over and cook and clean And you're just like, but I'm kind of lost in the shuffle of Mm -hmm. how we got here, right? Mm -hmm. And you just need to talk through it. That's what I'm there for, right? To help you look up pediatricians if you need a new one or lactation consultants if you have issues that are beyond my support, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All of those kinds of things. That's what I try to offer in postpartum. That's so great. Um, Now, I think we've touched on why or, you know, we've done that like almost sales pitch on like, you need to get a doula, like trust us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could <Yeah>. go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would love it, Deshauna, if you would share, if you can, off the cuff, like the number one reason that um, a woman should hire a doula. What's the number one reason? Yeah. Um, you deserve unbiased support. You do. You really deserve unbiased support. I don't work for the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, I t- I don't have I I don't have any skin in the game. I mm-hmm. I love the families I work with. I really come to to love them. Um, but there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. There is no there. I tell them there's no such thing as TMI between us mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no judgment. Whatever decisions you want to make for your family, let's find a way to make it work and make mm-hmm. sure you feel good about it. Whether you want to formula feed half the time or exclusively pump from the very beginning, no judgment, just support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's what you need. That's what doulas do. That's yeah. huge. Maybe we could have one more, Shannon. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not over here. Oh, maybe I'll support you, Megan. I'll be your birth coach. No, <laughs> no. Shop, shop, shop is closed. <laughs> well, that took a turn. Um, <laughs> oh man, babies are the best, though. <laughs> they are. We love. We love our babies. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I know each state is probably very different, uh, but I'm very, very curious. Are doulas in Massachusetts covered by health insurance? So most insurance companies offer some kind of reimbursement for doulas. Um, I've had clients go through FSA or HSA accounts to pay for Mm -hmm. doula support, especially Mm -hmm. in postpartum. They do like tend to cover a little bit more of that. It's not universal. They are trying to get it through like, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, mass health, like 
overall so that everyone has access to that kind of support. Um, but you should, if you're considering getting a doula, you should definitely check with your insurance and like look into all the benefits you possibly can. Your doula is more than happy to write a bill that says it's education, it's it's prenatal support, it's prenatal education, whatever bounds you need to make that work. Yeah. But hmm. it usually it usually works. That's actually an interesting note. I like that we're sort of ending there because if you are planning to expand your or start your family or expand your family, you know, annual enrollment for health insurance is a thing. And you often yes. mo- most um, like corporate businesses, at least, are looking at it every single year and you have an option to change uh, your yep. status or yep. change your what, you know, the money you put away. Um, so if a doula that, you know, or you love or you're really interested in, um, you know, how ha- you know, you know, the costs then you could potentially plan for it that way yeah. even before you're pregnant or really early on in your pregnancy, too. Yeah. And another way I tell people is a- ask for doula support as opposed to a, a stroller. Someone's yeah, going to buy you a stroller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But if you are like collecting funds for like mm-hmm. overnight support, lots of people <laughs> love having an overnight doula once or twice a week come in like you know, help everybody look fresh in the morning. <laughs> it's great to do before your newborn pictures. I've had plenty of clients tell me Ooh, that. They're like, oh my God, we, right? Yeah. yeah. No, that's so smart. That's really smart. Um, I just did extra thing, concealer. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know what though? Like it's better than your mom coming over and staying up all night. You can be like, hey, you can just pay for the night yeah. of postpartum support and then we're covered, you know? Yeah. Um, friends and family are more than willing to help you get what you need, mm-hmm. like support wise, financially, informationally, but we have to be open mm-hmm. about yeah. those things. And there's no shame in saying, I want a doula at my birth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, if you're not sure how to start that conversation, maybe you just send them this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there is, there's just so much we could cover here. We could talk for hours, honestly. Deshada, thank you so much for answering some of our questions and talking about this career that you are obviously very passionate and knowledgeable about. We will link all of your social and contact information in the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. So listeners, if you have any follow-up questions or if you want to reach Deshana, you will know how at Caring for Mamas. If you listen to season one, you know that at the end of every show, we ask our guests the same question. So Deshana, what are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston right now? Um, my kids love going to everything, even in the winter. Um, they love every playground. They love every museum. There's so much art. That's one of my favorite things. There's so much art, music, um, painting, like things to look at, visual art. Um, so that's one of the big things that we do. We do every, you know, Boston Pops or like yeah. those kind that family who's like, okay, we gotta go see all the things and tire ourselves out in that way. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, but they love going to playgrounds. I didn't grow up in New England, so it really is beautiful to get to see this place through their eyes and how they just like enjoy it, even if it's 20 degrees outside for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know what that Boston made me think are of? Hardy. <laughs> yes. yes, that's true. It made me think of over the summer, Deshaun and I took our kids to a park with a splash pad because it was summer and it was hot. And do you remember that they didn't want to be on the splash pad? They just wanted no. to be on the regular playground. We're like yes. melting. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, 
they really are New Englanders. They don't, they're like, the heat, oh, it's fine. Yeah. The cold, oh, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, it's not me, but Deshauna, I cannot thank you enough for sharing your expertise with us. We appreciate you so much. And listeners. Thank you guys so much. Yes. I appreciate being on. <laughs> thank you listeners for tuning in to this first episode of our Wicked Good Pregnancy series. Join us this season for conversations with local fertility support, a surrogate, a pelvic floor specialist, and so many more. Whether you are pregnant with your first baby, your fourth, or you just have future plans to start a family, these episodes will help you feel more informed and less alone in the journey ahead. Be sure you have subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss any of these new releases. You can also follow us on Instagram for the latest show announcements. And as always, you are a wicked good mom. Wicked good.